0: Dishing it out with Gary O'Hanlon and Gareth Mullins. A Go Loud original podcast. Proudly sponsored by Cully and Sully. Tastes like homemade. Grab a Cully and Sully for soup season. Go Loud. Sounds better with us. So
1: it's another edition of Dishing It Out with me, Gary O'Hanlon. And me, Gareth Mullins. A Go Loud original brought to you by Cully and Sully. And coming up on the show today, we'll have our usual gadget of the week. Listener questions. Listener questions. And we've got the brilliant Greg O'Shea, just to kick off the new year. Nice, fit and healthy.
2: Exactly, one of no, the fittest men
1: in Ireland. One of the fittest to. men in Ireland. <laughs> uh, going to show me the ropes.
2: <laughs> so yeah, we'll get cracking. Gadget of the week first up. Gareth, what are you going with? Well, I'm going to go with a small little digital weighing scales. Because... uh one, there's a lot of people uh, that are baking and bits and pieces and like a regular scales is grand. There's nothing wrong with it. But I would just say to you, go and invest in a small little digital scales. And if you are, I mean, there's a lot of people now, new year, new me, all that sort of stuff. I think it's good to own a scale so you understand what something. So I automatically know what 180 grams of beef looks like and I know what 200 grams of fish looks like. and But I don't know what 200 grams of flour well, looks like.
1: Interesting. Once... once somebody starts measuring it yeah. like, you might find it and I know this from my time of being a fat mess and Optran is <laughs> you might think that it's really really time consuming to be weighing and weighing and weighing but once you do two, three, four days of it you'll start getting very much into a ballpark I mean you obviously still need the skills to be uh, absolutely spot on if you're baking or whatever but you know if you're doing a sandwich and you want only 90 grams of chicken or 100 grams of chicken or whatever it may be you won't be long to realising there are 125 grams of potatoes looks like and just what you said there 180 grams of beef looks like so you know
2: but to, to, to bring it back to the world that we live in like professional chefs still use a wine scales when they're going to be portioning up beef or they're portioning up fish or even though and you take a lot of pride when you cut that steak and it's exactly 180 I know don't you love that every time <laughs> and if it's 181 you're like oh, oh I just yeah, missed it but yeah. um, it's gassed you said that yeah, yeah. it's like a little winning <laughs> yes. but normally as well, there's nothing better as well when they are training something somebody how to do it and you you just nail it straight off the but anyway it's it's a skill that um it's a it's a gadget that no professional kitchen will be without and I would say a home kitchen as well you probably need to spend I'd say fifty or sixty quid on one that's gonna last um try and get one that has a plug in adapter that doesn't just run off a battery. Um but you know that's that's my gadget of the week. What are you going with for this yeah. new year? Yeah, I, do you know what actually I'm I'm gonna go with a good walk a really
1: good yeah. um, high-end walk. Not one where you've bought a couple of jars of Uncle Ben's gear and you <laughs> grab a walk as you're passing Yeah. You, if you buy two or three jars of gear from Uncle Ben's and you've got the free walk that goes with it, look, they're grand for about a week or whatever it'll be. But, and you know, we've, we talked a, a few episodes before Christmas about the Crusades and stobs and Cast Iron or whatever. But a good walk as well. And, and it's another thing, Gareth, if you listen back in the episodes, Gareth gave a really good explanation about pan season and when it comes to cast iron and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's New Year, fast functional, whether well, it's stir fries or this I mean there's so many different things that I use a wok for, I've had the same one for I don't know, I could have it 20 years, I don't even know you know what I mean, and it gets a good seasoning every every month or two there thereabouts, I mean I, I've the, I'm the big advocate for the kitchen paper towels between every pan whenever they go into, I've got a big deep drawer that all my pots and pans go into and none of them are touching each other, there's always just a wee simple thing, once it's cleaned or wiped paper towel, kitchen paper tile on top of it, and then the next pan or the next pot goes on top of that you're sort of stopping that abrasiveness but you know um, I've lots of weed dishes that I do like my kids are mad about rice and noodles and stuff like that I just find myself using a wok so often and uh, and again for stir fries and, and funny enough just with the natural shape of it it's just so much easier to keep those things in them instead of trying to do them the, in a the wee are lo-
2: it's because they hold a the heat so much When you're making the an egg fried rice or a a noodle dish you want that little background flavour of smoke and that's the reason why a wok is shaped the way it is and it holds the heat the way it does So,
1: holds the heat and holds the food you know instead of like trying to toss something in a low-lipped frying pan but again just a lovely wee bit of kit and again they heat really quick they hold their heat really well rapid cooking nothing better so my gadget of the week is a good high-end walk perfect for
2: this time here And this week we have somebody now that I think I can call a friend I've, uh, I've known him over the last kind of 12 to 18 months or maybe even a bit longer than that. Um, but a uh, really inspiring guy in, in in a world which I'm very interested in in sports and um, many different facets to his career which I find super interesting which we're going to get into. So Greg O'Shea, known for, I think probably a lot of people know you for Love Island, but most recently they'll know you from being a presenter on the Six O'clock Show but also a huge sporting career to date. Um, so thanks for coming in. Uh, delighted to see you. I only seen you just before Christmas because you, you came and stayed in the hotel
0: and you ate in the restaurant. Yes, it's great to be on. You, you kindly allowed me to come into the Anantara, which completely surpassed all my expectations. You fed me some serious food. I had three starters, That <laughs> I came out, I was like, here's your third starter. I was like, what? <laughs> oh my God. I was God. like, I'm
2: going to put you on a tasting menu. And he was like, okay, uh, do, do I need to do anything? I says, no, you just pounding. <laughs> here we here we are into January and you're probably regretting <laughs> three starters oh, a yeah. night now before Christmas <laughs> I'm
0: still running it off but Gar got me to try fish now I've tried all different types over my lifetime and I haven't liked any of them I always turn my nose up at it but I tried caviar for the first time and I tried scallops and it wasn't that bad I'm not converted but it wasn't that bad well Gareth
1: is known for pulling off the uh, the fancy pantsy. I mean he's brought everything in here from a, a truffle shaver now to <laughs> not one bit surprised that the dirty was trying to spoon feed the <laughs> caviar. Yeah, yeah, started with <laughs> the worst
2: things to happen in your life. To, yeah. um, and your girlfriend, obviously, is a, she's super interesting girl and she's a big foodie, I would have said. Yeah, she is when, a big foodie. Yeah. I said to her, you know, because he said he wasn't too keen on fish, and I was like, one of the experiences in the restaurant is caviar. And I really, anybody that I've given it to, even that's not really into fish, enjoy the experience of it. We serve it with a uh, uh, Banny McKenny Little potato bellinis yeah. And crisps Beautiful. And uh, creme fraiche So
0: even if you don't eat the caviar There's enough things to eat But you just enjoy the it The bellinis are little pancakes The little pancakes Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I put a bit of caviar In like a full pancake And covered it in creme fraiche Now I don't know if I could taste the caviar But it was lovely
1: I'm shocked you, somebody that's so fit Looks after yourself so well Former rugby international Sevens player mm. I thought fish would have been A staple of your diet But not at all
0: I know, I've wanted to eat fish My entire life Because it just opens up A complete different option I was going go to say yeah, You've, you've yeah. wanted to like it then Exactly And I keep, I've tried everything From tuna to swordfish To whole lot, Prawns, everything And none of it I always don't like it There's just a general Now you tell me I'm being stupid now But I think there's a general Seafood taste to yeah. everything yeah. No matter what And I was telling Gary Story when I was in this hotel that I was in Portugal and I ordered some chicken balls in a Tapas restaurant. Waiter brought them out, and I first bite. I was like, "Oh, that's not chicken." I'm, I'm, I'm barely sure That's not chicken. Call the waiter back, <laughs> and he goes, "No, sir, yes, it is chicken. Of course it is." And I go, "Okay, all right, I'll t- taste it again." No, I was like, "There has to be something weird in that." I was like, "I know I'm being disrespectful," but it could have been frying it in the same fryer. He was dishing prawns. Yeah, it? and I was like, oh, "I know I'm being disrespectful, but look, would you just mind asking the chef if this is chicken or fish?" And he comes back out a couple minutes later. "Oh, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, this is a uh, fish. I'm very sorry. We'd like to give you the chicken." but bo- Imagine he was allergic I know Jeez. I know yeah It was fish I had to re- Three times I went back I had to get the head chef involved So I knew it So my brain just doesn't like it But first time ever I actually And is went there back anything from When you were a kid that
2: have, have you any memory of Like eating fish when you were younger that Like with a fish bone Or I, nothing like that You know what?
0: I don't but my two sisters So the three of us Me and my two sisters And none of us like fish Well, Any type of fish So something obviously happened When we were all kids And none of us eat it But my parents eat it
2: Well one of the questions We ask everybody Is like, is about to kind of talk us through your food through your childhood. Was it like the same food all the time or? Was there a, an adventurous cook in the
0: house? Or who done the cooking? Was it Mum and Dad? Or? So my mom did the c- cooking heavily. Every, anytime my mom went away, my, my dad would just make a watery spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, Dad, if you're listening. Oh, and <laughs> there's nothing worse than, oh, yeah. than a watery oh, bolognese. Yeah, he was good at scrambling eggs, but he just covered it in aromat. Oh, yeah. So we <laughs> loved it, obviously. <laughs> my mom's, uh, her father's from Hong Kong. He moved over here in the 1960s, opened the first Chinese restaurant, or one of the first Chinese restaurants in Limerick called Golden oh, yeah. Dragon, or something, it's there just off Henry Street, but it's not there anymore. But that's where it was. So, my mom worked in there when she was only a little girl, cutting lemons in the back kitchen. And she obviously brought that into the household then and was cooking us a lot of oriental dishes when we were growing up. Wow, a lot of stir fries, a lot of noodles. See, yeah, we we, these are the stories that we knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, out yeah. yeah, wow, yeah. So, wow. We, we all we tried to eat chopsticks um, when we were young, so we would always go for them uh, just to kind of keep up the sort of culture and the origin of my family. But my mom was a heavy influence, so I'll always go. Always Go towards a stir fry or a rice dish. That's my. And your my daddy throw. is he a Limerick man? Then true and true. All your yeah. thoroughbred, like yeah, yeah, yeah. spud, veg, spud, steak, <laughs> the whole lot, like that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and for all
1: for all the years, then that you're, what were you doing the six o'clock show? I'm going to say two years. I did three years, so three uh, oh. on and off. But the last yeah. year was a full permanent role. Yeah. In the six o'clock show, and so that's a lot of that's five chefs or five cooks a week as well. Exactly. Would you? I know I only did it a couple of times. I used to do it an awful lot more, but between over and back to France. I don't do the show near as much as I used to. Mm. But I mean, I know from all the other presenters, I mean, I could go back 15 years to different people and I cross paths with them. Some have gone from not really being that into food to being really into it, to not eating the food, to making sure that they were beside you when you were plating up. You know, it's funny, the certain ones would, like, would you be one of those presenters then that when Gareth's in, you're like, no, I'm going to do the food slot tonight? (laughs) Because, you know, Dahi and Mara, I do the today show a lot. Nah, he is he's not eating lunch if certain chefs are in really? he'll do the he'll do the cookery slot and then he'll stuff his face in the ad break then right yeah. after you know? <laughs> would you be the same or you just stay away from it or you've no interest in the chefs being so on? I
0: would try and eat something all the time in, in the show just out of respect for the chefs because every day oh, you're nice. getting a, nearly a five star meal when yeah. guards in it's a five star meal yeah. but because um, I train so much I, I can, can't get in enough calories which is very fortunate what, right? what's your calorie count per day what do you try and oh, see, I've never you're, you, you think I'm lying now I've never counted calories in my my whole life but all my I'd teammates th- would have yeah with the Irish sevens team and in and, and Munster Academy and then training for the Iron Man I've never counted calories in my whole life I basically can't get enough in I'm always burning I always lose are you constantly hungry not I wouldn't be constantly hungry I don't have a big appetite but like yeah. I can just eat non-stop and I won't be putting on weight because but you I probably know if you're doing that whether it's a long cycle or what a long that when you were yeah.
2: sevens that you were that you didn't like even before a game so was the nutritionist involved to
0: much were eating or was there a dietitian? So there's a nutritionist with the sevens team yeah. and basically with with sevens rugby it's because it's such high volume such high speed metres you're running like constantly in the session you're doing nearly I think it's about nearly 20k a week in training and then in a a game week you're doing even more because you're doing warm ups and warm downs and matches and and the whole lot so you basically just can't get in enough carbs He's just like carbs, carbs, carbs and it doesn't matter no one's ever being cut off like it's like more rice more bread it was more bread and and towards the end of the week when you come to play you won't even be eating meat Eat or anything like that. You're just trying to get in as much carbs and as much energy as possible. And I kind of found that throughout my career, I kind of learned it slowly. I was going, you know, your own body. You know what you have to eat to match the training that's yeah. coming up. Yeah. But I, I was a typical young fella trying to like impress the girls, and I was coming up, and I'd be like, no, I need to stay shredded. Now I need to make sure I have a six pack, make, make sure I'm in shape, and I wasn't eating enough. And then you're and, fatiguing. And then I'm fatiguing. And I'm coming into training, trying to train at like an Olympic, world class level, and I'm exhausted. Mm. And I, I remember I met with a nutritionist. And and he was like, So, how are you finding the training? Are you like getting stuck in trying to improve or are you just getting through it? And when he said that phrase, just getting through it, yeah. I was like, That's exactly what's happening. I'm just trying to get through the session rather than trying to exhaust myself. Because get you just didn't in. have enough fuel. I was absolutely exhausted. Yeah. And he dumbed it down for me because I wouldn't really understand it too much. But he was like, If you think about it like a car engine or a, a petrol and you're filling up with petrol, he's like, You have no petrol in your car and you're asking it to drive. That's he's
1: exactly like, how the first time I met David Gillick. But he, he enjoys food now, whereas when he was an athlete, Running for Ireland, he said everything. It was petrol. He goes. He says that's that's my fuel. He goes. I know what I need to eat to get to the end of the day. Whatever amount of miles he was putting in, Mm. that's how many grams of this I'm eating and so on. He said there was no emotional connection to food at all. Yeah. He weighed. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh Jesus. He like when he was here, he was like he literally his runners went in his bag and his scales went in his bag. No. And he was like I Uh weighed every piece of porridge, every gram. But it's because. he needed
0: to watch how much well, he was putting in. Well, he was a, he's a runner right yeah. so he has to stay super light. you were a sprinter lean. though you were a runner I was a sprinter back in yeah. the day I went to the Youth Olympics sprinting but still then I was only a little nipper and yeah. I couldn't get enough into me but I remember training um, in the Munster Academy and I was always told I was too small It was kind of a thing in the past so I don't think lads are told they're too small anymore yeah. because you can be skillful enough you look at mm. Anton DuPont or Craig mm. Gainsey oh, yeah, tiny fellas some of the yeah. best players in the world so small lads are well able to, to get into the top teams now but at that time time a few years ago, acting as if I'm 50 years old now, I'm only 28, but they were telling me I was too small. Mm. So I'd be having my dinner and then I'd be ordering a pizza afterwards right. a couple of times yeah, or, a week. My, my mom would order pizzas for me and I'd just be trying to get food in, trying to get bigger. And I started Before I started taking protein, I started taking um, a supplement that all people would take if they can't eat too much. It starts with a C, basically just full of carbs. Yeah, yeah. It's,
2: it's that thing that, you know, it, sometimes when people get sick, they give it to them as a drink. It's, just, it's really easy to drink and digest. It's very caloric it huge yeah. calories in it oh. like I can't remember I know exactly what you thought it's yeah. like a protein drink yeah exactly comes yeah. in a little it's, too, yeah.
0: so it's basically just drinking a carb drink like just, wow. to, just to put on yeah, but weight but
2: there's like super calories in it
1: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so you I mean if you weren't active then it would be it, it would oh, oh, leave it you in a heap I'd say yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jesus you'd be wedged to the sofa yeah. would you <laughs> but it was just, it was just <laughs> gradually
0: throughout my career then I realised I still wasn't I still wasn't trying my best to get uh, the right nutrition in Yeah. sometimes I'll be going in to train with the Munster senior team and all I'll be having is a slight a brown toast and a fried egg and I'd be going in doing three sessions during the day what? I just thought why it'd were be you grand. standing I know I thought it would be grand and looking back now in hindsight with I a know. bit more uh, wise head on yeah, my shoulders I was I me mean, up we're hard. exposed to it. I mean Gareth's teams coming here many many years ago I was in a big
1: huge hotel group and every week we had the inter-county teams you know what I mean a lot of international mm. rugby teams but I mean uh, Kerry was the first team of note that always I used to say like I'll tell you what I know why Kerry's one in this that and the other because you'd have teams coming in the early years no nutritionist ever next thing Kerry would land every hour of the day the nutritionist was the boss yeah. not the manager not no one else that's what the boys eat and when they eat it and so on and as the years went on all the teams you could start seeing S&C coaches nutritionists all of them Bernard Dunn did a few Bernard Dunn fights as well his diet was things. insane yeah. like the discipline to follow a pro athlete's diet I'm really fascinated you by it Guy, don't yeah. You? yeah,
2: I mean, I've taken care of like, Liverpool and Arsenal and the All Blacks. And so I've seen a lot of, like, the footballers eat very different to the way the rugby players eat. If there's a boxer in, we'll eat different yeah. again. Or, but everyone follows the same principle. And that, I suppose that's what I've really taken from sports, nutrition, and even speaking to people that would have been professional athletes years ago. Uh, and I think a lot of the Irish footballers, the old half footballers, speak about there was never any talk of food. And mm. um, but now it's the best ingredients that they can get their hands on so when they come to Ireland they're delighted because our beef Oh, all yeah. of our meat is so good but in particular our beef and our lamb so like the nutritionists will get in touch with you before they come and they'll be like right make sure that you're getting us grain fed or sorry grass fed not grain fed yeah. Irish beef now all of our beef near enough is, is grass yeah. fed where if they're in out the other America, side of the world anyway, America yeah, yeah. exactly it's, it's nearly all and they, they wait, stay away food from, yeah. Stay yeah. Away but
0: from but, my South African girlfriend yeah. doesn't eat meat anywhere in the world she's like it's not good enough uh, than the South African meat but then she yeah. came here oh yeah some Irish meat and she was like okay this is yeah. Yeah. Good well, they've got a big like, yeah. culture of, of meat and
1: how they cook it as well. I mean, they're very they're nearly the masters of the yeah, yes, of the, the or the or the barbecue or whatever. Yeah. So then, what about food for enjoyment? Then,
0: like, yeah. do you like to eat out or do you cook at all? Are you, well, am well, getting
1: the feeling that you don't do yeah. much cooking, well, right? Before,
0: before I go into me now poster time, I, I I was the point I was getting to was my learning over years, over about a decade. I went from like just having a fried egg and a piece of toast in the morning and going doing three sessions, and then I'll be getting. Injured, I couldn't understand why I was oh, being injured because yeah. my body didn't have the fuel. I'd be picking up hamstring injuries, little tears here and mm. there, groin injuries. I was in bits, I was exhausted, wasn't improving. And then, as I got older, just before the Olympics, about a year before going to Olympics, I kind of was like, All right, I, I, I had the meeting with the nutritionist, and he's talking about the car analogy and the engine. Yeah, like, Oh, that's how it works. And I really tuned in for yeah. what I needed into my body, and I improved threefold like, right. stopped getting injured. I was playing the best of my abilities, managed to get the Olympics, and then I. Tired, and I was like, imagine where I could have got there if I'd done <laughs> a couple of years ago. But like,
2: it's only in the last 10 years where I think it's not just rugby, but like you hear about the cyclists, and I know that all of those that the percentage gains, even if it's only 0.000, 000 and you mm. get it from nutrition, then you're actually, you're I see it in my
1: world yeah. now, like, like in a private chateau for the last five years up until recently. And you know, golfers, I mean, uh, I've been hired to go to the, the masters, like that's something that's. On the cards for this year, coming golfers want a private chef now, coming into majors. Um, Premier League players there's a few well, But Ronaldo
2: famously said well, this time when he went that, like, he was like, and he was giving out about uh, man, man the food at Man United, yeah, hasn't changed.
1: No, it hasn't and, changed, and, no.
2: And famously, Ferguson sorted it out, so when he came in. He brought in a top-grade chef. He But brought he, in he had position. his own
1: chef at home. He, he still ate the food there, but he was going home to, to eat whatever he needed to be But well, he shifted the Whereas culture while well, he was Well, there. he shifted the culture for not everyone, though. You know, the English yeah, yeah, boys yeah. were all given out, but the likes of Fergie, Ronaldo, Wenger, that famous Arsenal team, they completely changed the way. But now, another step up again, when these young players that maybe aren't married or they don't have families at home, they're all going back. But there's a load of boys now doing the circuit most there's a lot of boys in Man City all young and single in their mid-twenties and they all have personal chefs Yeah, because they, they have the money for them but that's same. they, have, they, the eat, money, they yeah. have the money they have the money for it so it's, they're just like going they want to eat really really well they don't know how to cook and they don't really need to learn how to cook so there's a load of guys now making a bomb working around the Premier League sector and I've seen it in the golf world you know what I mean like a lot of boys are coming as I say coming into majors now they're leaving and not on the chance not wasting time going to hotels going to restaurants outside noise chef breakfast lunch dinner but snacks the, big, the
2: biggest worry with a team travelling because I remember talking to one of the nutritionists about this is it's just the, the risk of anyone getting sick so like food safety is huge and I know you all you probably don't give yourself enough credit for this but I always think you, you, you'd you ask brilliant questions when I was on the 6 o'clock show and a lot of them were coming from a space where it was fairly evident to me that you didn't cook a lot because yeah. you were asking questions that the viewer are simple probably questions, yeah. Yeah, simple yeah. questions and I'd like to think I explain things probably I probably over explain a little bit when I'm doing you demonstrations do. yeah I do <laughs> no, <laughs> <Nobody's> no. Lagging <laughs> <it>. no no <laughs> because I'd be thinking
0: right if someone's sitting here watching I could well yeah. that's your job yeah, that's like, the whole like, point of you being there but you'd go on oh, Okay, I, I loved seeing you on, on the call sheet coming in because I was like I'm going to learn something from Garen and he'd yeah. be, be cooking away but giving you a science lesson at time. yeah night. exactly and you always kind of uh, reverted back to explaining it in relation to your son yeah and yeah there's a lot of and that's yeah. how I linked with it I was like oh that makes a lot of sense yeah. so I always love to see you co- coming in because I always got a nugget of information no it's true like in his Gareth
1: So sometimes you can be there and it's very very easy for a chef to just presume without sounding rude about it you, or, you, know, arrogant you, you or arrogant about it rather you could just be rumbling on and Annette would have said that to me many times you come to a demo you're doing whatever and the takeaway that she would have taken from a two hour an hour and a half or two hour show I'd be like going you found that interesting and I goes, oh, what do you? and she goes well that's I didn't know that and I was like oh wow and then you'd feel great because you're like going oh Jesus deadly then like I would have thought maybe when I was waxing lyrical about a piece of beef or a piece yeah, of yeah. lobster or whatever yeah. and she goes never mind Shay." when you were telling me topping and tailing an onion and telling me that's how you kept it together yeah yeah and I'm yeah. not chasing half an onion over a chopping board I love that and then you start to teach yourself to say well do you know what actually you gotta not dumb it down but you just gotta pair yeah, it back like but it's mm-hmm. like me and DIY Like I mean outside of cooking I mean I can't hang a picture I see the stuff around the house was like going how do you do that like and be like really really tell me how you did that
0: I want to know and yeah, I suppose that, like I thought it was amazing and in Tara in, an a couple of weeks ago um, I thought it would be something really fancy and then one of the starters was just carrot hummus and I yeah. was like that's very simple but it was beautiful part of it, the leading hotel of the world we have to have uh, two
2: starters two main courses and a, a vegan dessert on our menu it's part of the Yeah. and I do this uh, roasted carol hummus with some grilled carrots and we finish it with a chimichurri it's one of my best selling stars <laughs> it's so good no it's, it's, it's quite currant. simple but you know the, the, the difference is Greg is that it's and when you start learning about it, it's just salt seasoned correctly so oh, that's yeah. what people you know the acidity is right the salt level is right the amount of heat that's in the yeah. chimichurri sauce mm. that's why people really but enjoy it's it. it's
1: simple little things
2: I had this parsnip thing
1: that we used to put with a steak many years so it's like a parsnip really tastes like a parsnip <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was like well I liquidise about a juice about 10 parsnips yeah, yeah, put yeah. them in a vac bag yeah. compress it with butter and tarragon into a baby parsnip so it's cooked in parsnip juice. <laughs> do you know yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah right but, it's, but that's it.
2: why you, that's but why we don't cook like that one yeah demos. and yeah. there's
1: none of that s- stuff going on at home by the way you know what I mean yeah. but if you're coming in with your partner to the hotel you want to if you're going to talk about a carrot hummus there has to be a fair bit of love yeah, a bit of work a yeah. where the carrot <laughs> is bought yeah. how it's treated in the minute it comes to the hotel Okay. and so on and so forth that it's not just grab the first carrot that you yeah. see boil it up mix it and do whatever there's a whole lot more thought into it that's where the simple really isn't all that simple you know what I mean that it's the best in ingredients and skilled hands but a
0: really simple thing that I learned a few Gary that you probably don't even remember this conversation I was making some pasta at home and it stuck to the pot and it came out like <laughs> in, a, in a lump of like a, like a like a bar of pasta and I was like what is Jesus going wrong break. and I asked you I was like how do I go about making this and you were like the pot you're using is too small Greg Use a bigger pot with more yeah. salt <laughs> And I went on, oh, And I made perfect <laughs> <laughs> I was like it was that easy yeah, yeah, Honestly, yeah. you probably Don't even remember the that shame And the same applies To poached eggs yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dishing it out With Gary O'Hanlon And Gareth Mullins A Go Loud original podcast Proudly sponsored by Cully and Sully Now is the perfect time To dig into a Cully and Sully risotto Go Loud Sounds better with us Ditting It Out with Gary O'Hanlon and Gareth Mullins. A Go Loud original podcast. Cully and Sully's squashed veggie soup is in season and the perfect warming meal. Go Loud. Sounds better with us.
2: Another bit of your career that I want to uh, ask you about is uh, so you finished playing rugby when did Love Island come in on that because I know I'm always
0: wondering about the food on Love Island You make your own breakfast so there's stuff in the kitchen like eggs, porridge Avocado and toast yeah. is all I ever see getting yeah. then, If you can cut the avocado that's the only thing that's <laughs> oh, another yeah. skill that people can't do <laughs> <laughs> But the lunch and the dinner is a buffet service but they separate the men and the women like it's the schoolyard The men sit with the men and the women sit with the women because they don't want the story progressing in Love okay. Island So you at that lunch table if you're a boy the other one if you're a girl and you go up and get a buffet but it's beautiful like it's top level yeah, yeah. Chefs yeah. the where was it it's in uh, Mallorca yeah yeah it's in Mallorca. did still. you enjoy the experience loved it but I was only in there for 12 days now so some people in there for eight weeks. You were Jesus. only in there for twelve days. Yeah, hey? Twelve days, yeah. I came in with, with twelve days to go. And I thought I'd just go in like and just be a funny story to tell the lads, like, do you know, I'll go in and I'll get kicked out because all the couples are established. And I went in and I just hit it off at one of the girls. I think because I was so contrasting to the English. Yeah. yeah. In the sense that nothing against the English, but I'm just that Irish voice that's just ah, yeah. in with like, do you know, just no shit just like would you like a cup of tea grand like and they'd yeah. m- going mad that I'm making her a cup of tea and I'm like what do you mean like, <laughs> yeah. imagine if you had a day with to do <laughs> how to
2: poach an egg or put pasta.
0: <laughs> and I always say like any Irish lad could have gone in and done what I did I was just so contrasting to the normal guy that was in there and we just hit it off I'd say if I'd another couple of days in there I would have done something wrong like it was just the perfect amount of time for me yeah 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 you weren't at the stage where you were bored or and then what type of impact has it had on your career Oh man It's, it's been such a, Like a A defining moment In my life In a sense I wouldn't be sitting well, here if I Well hadn't that was right At the tail island. end as well Of you finishing up With the
1: sevens team Was it? But it was actually or A
0: year before oh, was So it? it was the final yeah. year Of what I'd planned to retire And I was going to Hopefully go to the Olympics And then retire But then a little thing Called COVID happened And it yeah. just messed Everything up right Right So it was COVID was on the way So I managed to somehow Work out with the IRFU That I go in in my off season Which was only a four week period yeah. And I went in for the first Two weeks of my off see the boys
1: in the dressing room would have loved to the there. Oh, they
0: went nuts that I didn't tell them yeah. I actually flew I've told the story before but I flew from an Olympic qualifier in France we finished on the Sunday and I flew from France to Mallorca went into the villa the next morning and the lads were still in France And they, they didn't on, know yeah they didn't know and they lost their <laughs> mind didn't. they lost their mind how long did you know you were going in it was kind of going on and off for the last couple of months because I had to talk to the IRFU yeah. and then I said no a couple of times and nobody but, let the cat out of the bag in the organisation either like. no until like, usually usually yeah. there'd be a wee whisper somewhere there, how
2: did that process
0: work was it like it was there an application or an interview there's or? a couple of ways to get on um, if you're looking to go on Gar so you want to get out your notepad there yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there's an over 40 Love Island I think coming as well if yeah, you Already are that. in
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for fat lads
0: <laughs> <laughs> so they either uh, you can fill in the application form or uh, they contact you on social media it's what's happened to me or they find you around the street like kind of a model agency kind so of hand so they're hand handpicked handpicked, well, hand-picked. Yeah, and they something about my personality they felt would have worked, and they were right because I went in and I hit it off with the girls. So, yeah, I'd say they have these top level personality analysis guys in there to go that person with that person would work, and they just chased me down enough so that I was like, All right, let's make this happen. and The IRFU worked and made it work for me, but they also said they were like, If you mess up in there now, you're not coming back in here, which is fair enough because yeah. you're, I'm also part of the IRFU brand, or I was, and if yeah. I'm in there being vulgar or using yeah. profanity, yeah, but you're not like that. I right? wasn't like that, ah, oh, yeah, you were no. safe, yeah, and my Mindset was always remember my grandmother's watching. Like, Aye. oh that's oh. so a that, good one, yeah. yeah. And what, what
2: makes you say it was a pinnacle part of your career? What or a turning you
0: said, yeah, it was there, a very defining it? moment in my oh, life because it. without that, I wouldn't be sitting in this room, I wouldn't have had the six o'clock show, I wouldn't have a fitness app that I have now. Like, everything kind of stemmed from that because it gave me the opportunity for people to see me, it gave me exposure. Now, having said that, I was very naive to the negatives of the show, yeah. I just thought a bit like typical Irish that'd ah, be a bit of crack, like, want to make what, a what were the negatives the. Talk mental health side of it and I don't, I don't want to go too deep into that and get too heavy on because we're having a good crack here but I was very naive as to the negative side of social media and how exposed I am and you let people have an opinion on you, do you know? and I wasn't ready for that side of things and then the fact I didn't stay with the girl once I won the show I literally came straight home and back into training within like a week or two right. did a couple of interviews and came straight home didn't do any of the red carpet events and you're kind of like you didn't jump into the, the train that becomes you, took, nothing. you took the kick and you took the money after 12 days and ran home. Now, I gave her half of the money, which I shouldn't have done, but I t- came home and they were f- like fuming because you're low key is supposed to be like ambassadors of the show, especially if you want it. Go to the events, do yeah, the yeah, bits yeah. And, and bobs. And they probably, was there a contract there that you were supposed to show up to stuff? So there's not actually a written contract where you have to show up. To there stuff. probably is now. There probably is now, actually, <laughs> to be honest. I think about it. There's, they have control over what you do on a TV basis for 30 days. Yeah. You have to do at least one interview. So I did Loose Women, and then after that, I was free as a bird. And and I was like, lads, I'm going home because training yeah, was starting. Don't be annoying And, me. and the, in the seventh team, we're like, if you want to be part of this squad, you better be here. Give her half day. the
1: money. You weren't. You didn't have to. I know. What yeah. did you
0: win? Fifty k. So give her half that. So we went home with twenty five k. Did anyone ever? No one's ever taken all the money. No, did. it's not life changing money. It's not worth yeah. it. Ah, but yeah, then again, right, yeah, In hindsight, I got still got cancelled. I still got absolutely lambasted by the media. So I should have taken them over what? Over not staying with her. No way. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely killed. Going was, there, was there? Was that type of connection with her? About that, like, like at the end of the day, I. To be well honest, day, four years it? on, like she's gorgeous, yeah. but like she's a Geordie big into the nightlife. And she's I'm a dose. like, no, <laughs> and I was a normal Irish like, guy coming back home to go training. Like, we we're just yeah. from completely I, different worlds, like, you know, after time, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Okay. So it didn't work out, but because of that, expensive divorce <laughs> in a year, 12 days, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah,
1: 25 blips.
0: Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he'll, he'll never get over that now. Yeah. He'll just keep so. stay with her for four years. I know, I know, but the best decision I made was coming back home. Home to the team, and they humbled me very quickly. Yeah. And fast forward a couple of years later, I'm an Olympian, and I did what I said I was going to do. And no matter how much money you have in the world, you can't be an Olympian unless you earn it. You know? Oh, yeah. So and and the... talk to us then about the fitness app, because I know from from spending time with and
2: talking to you, you're like fitness is a huge part of your life, right? Yeah. So I retired, and retired.
0: I retired. It's mad. Look, like him saying that. And yeah. You know,
2: he's where's walk the walking? <laughs>
0: <place. laughs> <laughs> uh, I acquiesced in retirement in the sense I was 26, but when I was making below minimum wage. That's right. not a good look when you're 26 lads trying to find no, a girlfriend. A washer, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like asking mom and dad for a bit of cash. Like you know, a lot of lads. At that time, struggled and had to move back in with their families and stuff to make it work. It's terrible, though. Like, I mean, yeah. suppose you don't have time when you're an Olympian
1: to work. Exactly. Anyways, I mean, you look at the Sports Council, and I see some of the boxers up
0: through the years, and scraping, some of the, some like, of the yeah.
1: horror stories. They've no, they've no lives. They've yeah. no, no. But if
0: you anything, think about you know? it, the Olympics uh, is an amateur event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the sports, are so unless and you're getting commitment get, that's involved, like hundred percent, like full time, four, four year, training cycle Yes, you mentioned David Gilly, people like that. Now he yeah. would have had sponsorships. To give them a bit of money but not everyone's David Gillick oh, like yeah, you know yeah. I mean there's Olympians that are going through making no money so they're relying on part time jobs I remember a great story Lolo Jones do you know her? She's a hurdler for America she's oh, a yeah, double yeah, 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 yeah. time Olympian winter and summer okay. she, wow. I think she was a world record holder in 100 metre hurdles for a while she ran in the world championship she, she meddled and then came back home to America and she was working in the local gym and as she was making a smoothie for a client in the local gym they looked up at the screen and her race was being played sure. on the TV and the person she was making a smoothie for was like, "Is that you on the screen? What do you do making like me a smoothie?" And she was like, "Cause I have to make money." Like that just shows, like, wow. you know what I
2: mean? So. And it, then the, the extreme of that is some of the others, like the footballers, is the obvious one, like the money that they're making. I mean, got go work. Yeah, on but that, that that's, that's, they're if. pro athletes, though is, is the point. I mean, I mean professional sport, and, like yeah. Yeah, but I they're, they're just not they're, they're amateurs, which is behaving like pro athletes. You're just not getting paid. But that's it. it. The amount of enjoyment that sports people give
1: us as taxpayers. Under- that, and what not I mean you're watching the Irish Sevens you're watching the Olympics you're not like going I don't, I don't think there's a single growing adult making money and paying tax in Ireland that would begrudge the likes of him or a <laughs> David Gillick or oh, a Sullivan O'Sullivan give, give them 70, 80, 90 grand a year never mind us but it shouldn't be a case when you're 26 that you need to stay in your childhood room with your mummy yeah, at that age I know. but at the same
0: time commit yourself to a four year training cycle you know so, pay yeah. them the money but even we, we, we used to say to the powers that be we were like how do you expect us to feed ourselves and compete with the all-black sevens who are on a lot more money and they travel business class and now they're part of the all-blacks franchise. They can afford it. They've earned it. But like, how can you expect us to go up against the best sevens players in the world and we're living with mom and dad trying to make ends meet? Like, you know, so now it's nothing against the RFU because it was a developmental program at the time and now the boys are making enough money to Mm. kind of feed themselves and stuff like that because other sponsors have come on. But at that time, we managed to just about get the team to the Olympics which is the pinnacle a sport, and then half the team retired, and none of us wanted to. But it was also a beautiful way for us to step away without being injured, yeah. without being bitter from being dropped. And now we can support the boys from afar. Like so, I, I and don't,
2: you're still involved with the sevens now, right? I'm still involved in more of a, like a content creative sense. Okay, so that's. Th- yeah. Th- I was about to ask you then because your
0: your Instagram blew up. Yeah. Through what? Absolutely the, blew up through Love Island. Love Island. Yeah, but if you if you think about it in a figure sense, I had 1.7 million when I came out of the show, and now I'm down to no down to about eight. 900,000 which is still an extortion amount of followers. But yeah. I basically got halved because I got cancelled, as I said <laughs> from from not saying yes, with the girl. Yes. Like, people just not absolutely no. were fuming, I didn't say with the girl. But I was like, I had a whole life before I went on this show and i got yeah. to go back to that yeah, life. But you need to be true to yourself. Yeah, sure exactly. And like. being from Ireland as well, you get called out in two seconds by your oh, closest yeah. nears and ears for being <laughs> someone you're not. Yeah, you're not getting away with yeah. Yeah. Much. Yeah, yeah. But I'm so I wouldn't change a thing of it because it doesn't matter if you're from Limerick or a Dover from Donegal. Call lit up and crack the bottles 100%. And now I got to do what I wanted to do. I went to the Olympics. I competed in Ironman. I created a fitness app called Better that now I help people train that literally the first step I think to improving your life. If you're trying to run a successful business or a kitchen, use your health as your wealth. If you can't go in and have energy to do what you need to do for your job, how can you expect Tell me this, else? is your app going to get a former marathon runner back
1: running? I have to, I've been paying for a Dublin marathon number for I don't know, maybe 10 years. Oh, 10 lad, years.
0: Christ. Don't well, we, take the number off like, still, I'll have it.
1: Well, I've given it to a few buddies over the years, you know, but it, it got to the point where there's over 20,000 now run Dublin, so they had to turn it into a lottery. Will you 16. run another one? I ran, I trained 06, tore the Cruciate a month before it, ran 07, oh and I'd done a lot of triathlons. But I got over the finish line, I was like, what a load of shite. And then I started doing triathlon. <laughs> I just was like, honest Here. to God, I ran the marathon He and went like, and
2: ran an well, competed in an Ironman, with no training there. When was oh, that? My
0: first triathlon? Line. When was uh, it? When it 8, did in October, ago, October, October, twenty twenty three. that's yeah. Went from zero to hundred. I was like, if you're gonna do it, you might as well go for the full one. Like, do you know what I mean? But, yeah. Greg, you're yeah. only oh, able to good. do that because of the, the fitness level that you hold. Just talk
2: to us about the app. So what is it? Yeah. App so it's
0: called Better, and the whole thing is that it's it's training with me. So I'm not one of yeah. those like fitness influencers that records a hundred videos, posts them online, and goes sits in Dubai and drinks a pina colada. Like only this morning, I was up at half seven jumping around my living room and I do every, if I'm asking you Gary to do 10 reps, I'm doing the 10 reps with you that's the whole thing. It's live sessions with me and if you can't make the live they're always on past workouts and then there's a nutrition section in it that I try to give like my simple meals like nothing like you'd be doing but like say a beef stew or a carrot and ginger parsnip soup or something like that and it's all just a very accessible like motivational place for you to come and train if you have no idea what to do. I'll do it with you. So Gary?
2: you know what to do man. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> come here we have, we have a tradition on the podcast that we ask every guest to uh, bring in a cookbook and you like another guest that we had quite recently are looking a little bit light yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. unless he's got a v-
0: very big so tell us where's your, your, where's your cookbook Greg so lads I was gonna lie to you right and then I said I'm not in the habit we would, would have called you <laughs> 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 yeah, give me your favourite recipe from the cookbook so I was like oh will I fake it now And I was talking to Adrian Martin who's a friend of mine I was like any chance I could borrow your cookbook I never got it off him which is probably a blessing in disguise because it would have been lying to you yeah. lads I've never owned a cookbook in my entire life good man and that's yeah, unfortunate at least you're it? telling the truth do you yeah. have a recommendation but well, once you started
1: talking about sticky pasta
0: <laughs> well, and, you,
1: and you find well that you didn't have one do you know what I mean now right well let me see have you a book coming out this year Yes, maybe this year next year next no.
2: year there's a bit of talk of it all right but the, no I think the, the key with the, I think the key with finding a good cookbook is actually going into Eason's or wherever you buy your cookbook cookbook and just try and grab something that's gonna kind of spark of mm. curiosity. And there's a cookbook I think I told you about it before, but Michelle Roux released a cookbook. Michel Roux is a is a chef over in London that owns a very high end restaurant in the mm. central London called Le Gavroche and he's from a family called the Roux family who are arguably oh, yeah. the biggest Amazing. they're the biggest name in the world of food, but really? he runs marathons and uh, he's, released a, he's released a cookbook about... It's the Marathon Chef, I think it's called. Okay. Now, he's a two-star Michelin chef. His brother has three Michelin stars. His father and his uncle held three Michelin stars. I've starts. cooked for him, and he's just amazing. And man, he's the know. nicest, nice nicest suit, person. Yeah. But I would say that getting a cookbook like that could be the little ignition that you need mm. to go... Do you know? Now it sounds to me that you're you're doiled in. Well, you're
0: definitely dialed into your nutrition. I'd, I'd be very simple, like do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I, the, yeah, I, yeah but you'll that's see, what a lot of that would be. You'll yeah. see, yeah. It like
2: they're very well put together recipes that are all based mm. around the things that you need to run a marathon. Yeah. So it's all very high calorie, easy to. So you, put are,
1: you, are you eating out then nearly all the time? Like, or is there a couple of things that you do throw together? <laughs> like, sure, you're not eating out every day. Every so day. Uh,
0: the beauty of of being part of the uh, professional program is that you'd be kind of be giving your lunch every day oh, and yeah. then you come home and you only have to really put together one meal which is you're well able to do it Yeah, stopping the butchers on the way home buy a big slab of meat or something yeah. put either rice or potatoes or something with a very simple now pasta bit of no green veg you now no pasta yeah, no. I stayed <laughs> away from the pasta because I get burning it and, <laughs> and nowadays but uh, well, there's a, a company I use that send out food to me every week and all the ingredients are there Yeah, and all the steps are there as well and it's I feel I am cooking, but it's all—it's co- like walking into yeah. Six O'Clock Show kitchen, and yeah. Gareth's laid out everything, and he goes, "Put that there, put that there." And so I'm cooking a high-quality meal. Yeah, meals, yeah but well, it's that's all well for me. Do you know, right? You are. I mean, that's. In the states, there's there there's
1: a house that isn't using stuff. The guy I suppose here there's not. You're,
2: stuff. you're so busy. I mean that, like like, that's, that's, that's that's proper food. though
0: It's yeah, not exactly. takeaway. You know. Exactly. You know and I be, yeah. I'm cooking proper ingredients, and there's no waste. Is what I love as well. Yeah. You know what I mean. And it's always it's always changing. So it's like having your brain. Do you know what I mean? Just going. All right, cook that with those ingredients. There you yeah. go. Do you know what I mean? Because that's where I struggle is coming up with the ideas. Yeah. It's all done
2: for me. And if you if you for someone like Gary that's looking for a little bit of inspiration to get moving again, just to wrap this up, what would your your biggest tips be for this new year that we're
0: just facing into? So my biggest thing was Exercise has to be enjoyable. You're not a soldier. You're not a pro athlete. Pick something that you enjoy, Gary. If it's running, then you can start with something small, like a five k, or even less than that. If you're struggling with the cruciate, shit, you can come like a one <laughs> k. Some people hate running, so don't oh, run yeah. if you don't enjoy it. Like get into know, yeah. the pool, go play a bit of golf, go play squash. Find something you enjoy, and I know you do this as well, Gary. Ride it into your schedule, and if it's you know, in I the schedule, you. it's a non-negotiable. Yeah. it's happening if I'd it's say the that's the
2: biggest especially if you're if you a very busy lifestyle you actually have to put it into your diary and then you'll miss a meeting or say like, no I'm actually training at that time and yeah because your health um, is your wealth and yeah it. And it, from what I get out of fitness is uh, or trying to stay fit is um, uh, it just gives me a different headspace. it makes me think differently I And mean, when I get so busy and I don't train uh, I don't actually like the person that I become mm. I get it, it, it makes my thoughts kind of cloudy and I get, not yeah, to get too uh, deep about it but when I'm training and when I'm like I j I aim to train like five times most weeks. Mm. And that might be just a short run or it could be a hit session in the gym. I'm very lucky that I've I've access to I'm able to use the gym in the hotel. So um I build it into my day that way and also with My kids and my wife is the same, Denise. She's a Pilates instructor, so fitness is
0: a big part of us as a family. Mm. Um, the thing is, if you're putting in the effort into your body for training, you're yeah. gonna want to eat well because you're i exactly. gonna have to bust my arse there for yeah. 30 minutes. Yeah, well, yeah. well, well that, not that's not something, something I
1: do remember from whenever I was balling and lifting and doing whatever else. It's a double edged sword, you know. When you're training, then you, you mind everything, exactly. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Because exactly. it's just
0: what you it say. all just yeah. comes
2: into you're like, gonna stuff like, your face. Another
0: yeah. thing that I always hear is people when I'm trying to get them involved in the App, they're like, oh, I'm sure I don't have time for that. Do you know what I mean? I'm too busy working. But I'm minutes. but I'm like, it's 30 minutes of your day, and I'm doing everything yeah. for you. But the other thing is people say, Why why are you bothering training? Like, you know, it's extending your life and making you a better person for the people in your life. So yeah. like you have young kids, so you being active might give you an extra five years with your kids, might make you be able to run around with your son for a few more years rather than being cooked up on the couch. So it's that thing you need to think of the longer term here. Like, think about you're putting 10 years extra on your life, you might see a couple more grandkids, and you have to put the work in now and it's only a small bit
2: and also what, what you I'm said doing. I think is brilliant advice That pick something that you like to yeah. mm. so you see loads of people that go and start trying to be crossfitters and they hate lifting weights or they hate <laughs> is, it the water, is, go, is the motorbike <laughs> the same as a tri-bike <laughs> 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 but even
1: if you're only into cycling you can start with an electric bike it'd be Just like I meet diddle. you at the bike and I show up in the, yeah. in the bobber
0: <laughs> pick something you enjoy and schedule into your week that's my tips alright okay. well listen Greg thanks a
1: million for coming in uh, it's been brilliant to have you brilliant to have, conversation. You. Yeah. Brilliant to have you in you. here it's a while since I've seen you you're looking great mate and best of luck for 2024 I have a feeling it's going to be a big year for you I'll see thanks, you at the start man. line of the Dublin Marathon because I am I'm officially back in the game <laughs> Honestly, I want to handshake, shake <laughs> that back the there we oh, go he's in <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks very much guys and no more burning pasta. <laughs> Ditting It Out with Gary O'Hanlon and Gareth Mullins a Go Loud original podcast Cully and Sully's squashed veggie soup is in season and the perfect warming meal Go Loud sounds better with us
1: So, producer Russell is sick today, so I'm gonna take on the job of reading out reader questions. I do a far better job of it than anybody. See this, <laughs> hi guys. As we're about to get back to work after the Christmas break, I want to try and batch cook a few meals to help myself out during the work week. Have you any recipe suggestions on some delicious things to make and any tips about storing them safely? That's Laura in Knock. to you, Gareth.
2: Yeah, which is a great question, and I think it's great for this time of year. What I one of my favourite things to batch cook and make. Like... Uh, whenever I'm doing any kind of stews or anything is a dal so uh, my kids yeah exactly my kids fancy uh, pants yeah, look at
1: this no, it's just from the butt <laughs> end of sword
2: <laughs> yeah. it actually really. comes in
1: hot and heavy with a dal <laughs> exactly.
2: Jesus yeah, which is basically it always surprising uh, me it's a spiced lentil I, someone told me that an Indian friend of mine said don't call it a curry because it's not a curry but for us it's, it's a, a curry <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's basically a spiced lentil uh, stew you, and it's really gorgeous oh, man so good and yeah. like go into your local Asian supermarket if you're luckily loving it, and like buy the different types of lentils like you know so you've got your green ones uh, which my favourite the pie lentils yeah, yeah I mean I would I would say try and buy the yellow ones or the orange
1: ones well yeah. the one, one, one thing there not to cut across you but you know the yellow and the red cook a lot quicker than the green pie lentils they do, so yeah, and I make don't, sure you soak them
2: I actually think those the, the pre lentils the green ones are more used than french, french cooking yeah uh, but they've all different types of varieties and then you basically just fry off some your aromats so there be onions garlic ginger chilli uh, maybe some curry leaves if you're really yeah. going out fry all them off in a little bit of clarified butter or even in some veg oil and then you just cook them out a tin of chopped tomatoes a tin of coconut milk and your lentils and then you cook it for you know half an hour 40 minutes is there any sweet potato on that as well you, or I mean,
1: peas you can, you you can, can, can go where you wants.
2: want with it um, yeah. I've I, when I was running over Covid when I was running the cookery classes it was one that i always used to show people yeah um and if you're making a liter of it it's, it's easy to make three liters of it yeah um, and then from a storing point of view i would say ziploc bags are the best way to store things in your freezer couple of ladles push the air out zip, seal the ziploc bag and then lay them down in your freezer and they won't you can basically stack them you up. Just stack them boil, stick a little label on them right on them what they are um obviously it's vegan most of the time well if you don't uh, if you don't put the butter in it so it's really handy and you serve it with some I like to serve it with a bit of grilled chicken and some mango chutney or something like that or even just with some steamed grains are really really delicious if you're going to work heat it up put it in one of those soup terminals bring it in with a little bit of naan bread Or really really easy that's to make that's a great and, shot uh, yeah. really good yeah I
1: love it. have you got a quick one for me I suppose I'm always thinking about it when I when I go to France for periods at a time I always try and you know leave some dinners for Annette as best I can you know what I mean like I kind of stick with what the kids eat like I go with bolognese a lot because they freeze really well curries freeze really well um, lasagna is one for me because you can obviously when it's cooked and it's cooled I can portion it and then Annette can take them out bit by bit so for me I suppose I'll I'll just say like being caught on the hop now. I think the dal is a really lovely one and, and it's a really good one as well. I do a nice sweet potato and chickpea curry which I use a lot of red lentils in so I suppose in a way it's, a, it's, similar. A, it's, a, it's, a, it's similar to a dal as well only um I'm in my head I call it a sweet potato chickpea curry um, but a good lasagna and uh, a lasagna is something synonymous, I suppose, with Ireland. A lot of bars in Ireland, like they've ruined it and annoyed many Italians over the years, serving <laughs> big dollops of coleslaw, coleslaw on, on the side or whatever. But you know, there's—I don't think there's much nights and a bit of salad, coleslaw, some nice chunky chips, and a gorgeously made lasagna. The key to a really good lasagnolo is the, is the bechamel or the morning sauce. It's the it's the sauce. You know, you've obviously got to cook out your ragu low and slow over a nice wee period of time. Um, you know, I just, my aromatics are, are simply salt, pepper, shallots, crushed garlic, mushroom, and then... Mushroom? L- sometimes a little bit of mushroom, yeah, but for an extra Once one ingredient she doesn't eat, yeah, But I, I like some, like, mushrooms in them, but uh, definitely all the rest, a couple of bay leaves, and then good, good beef mince cook it out, I add in fresh tomatoes, a couple of tinned tomatoes, plenty tomato puree as well, and smoked paprika and chili flex. I always have a tiny little bit of red chili flex. Don't know what it is with my kids, they all love spice. I, when I say spice now, I don't want this dish spicy. I don't make it spicy, but I just have a, 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 about a half a teaspoon. If I'm making a decent batch of 10, 12 portions, about a half a teaspoon of red chili flakes and about maybe two to three tablespoons of smoked paprika. Right when I have the meat browned, I'll take off the excess fat, and then I add in the chili flakes, the smoked paprika, and then maybe a glug of red wine. Sometimes I don't even bother with the red wine. If it's not there, I, don't, I wouldn't open a bottle of red wine for it, so don't worry. And then, in with the chopped tomatoes, some fresh tomatoes. I always just look around, tomatoes, always one or two tomatoes going off in the kitchen somewhere. In with them, get the ragu right, Always have it a wee bit wetter than it needs to be. Get it up to the boil and then turn it down to a simmer for, I have a rule of thumb, about an hour is enough. Have it plopping away and then I finish it with a decent amount. I bring the consistency back then with tomato puree. Get it nice and thick and then a bechamel sauce. So bechamel sauce is basically, you're going to make a blonde roux, melt in butter, whisking in almost equal quantities of flour. What I do when the butter is melted as well is a wee sneaky trick. You may turn your nose up at this, guys. I drop in about two nore chicken bouillon cubes. I whisk it into the butter then I add the flour to create the roux in with my warmed up milk now you can stud a bay leaf with cloves onto a whole white onion when you're bringing your milk up to temperature strain that then into your roux make a nice thick bechamel sauce add a decent amount of parmesan and grated mozzarella to that pour a ladle or two of that into the base of my casserole dish line it with lasagna sheets and then meat and try and repeat that at least three times and then you finish it off by topping it with the vegetable sauce at the very last and into an oven at about 180 degrees it takes about 40, 5 50 minutes to bake it and you'll have a lovely beautiful browned lasagna let that cool off and then you'll be able to cut them into really beautiful clean slices once it's completely cold and you can freeze that and batch them it freezes quite well and a little thing I would say is make sure your ragu is is nice and thick it's almost Mm -hmm. nearly not too thick the freezer will add a wee bit of moisture to it and whenever you defrost it to reheat them you just don't want it to be watery so make sure that your ragu and your bechamel sauce are of a nice good thick consistency and that's my batch cook
2: recipe winner okay and we've got a second question here and look, Gary I'll read this one out for you so I'm thinking ahead of my summer holiday and I'm looking to go on a bit of a food adventure for a week so I'd like to eat anything but is there any city or destination that you'd highly recommend for a food and drink lover Jane James and Ken Mayer. Oh James and Ken Mayer. well not long
1: before Christmas um, I have a couple of friends in Boston uh, Annette and I and I got to know them they were regulars in my first restaurant in Boston we then ended up playing football in the same team together Jason and Heather our lives and our friendship has evolved around food so every October November usually around November we try and pick a city in the world and last year just before Christmas we all went to Lisbon and I'd been with my buddy Frankie Fish before but you know I didn't seem to see the colour of the amount of places as I did whenever I went Heller like That's because edit-
2: you and Frankie were just sh- guzzling points the well, whole time
1: No, well, we, we actually <laughs> ate in Belcanto, we ate in Bar, we ate in a lot of nice places but we kind of stayed in the one area all right. the time you know what I mean whereas Heller and Jason are all about little speakeasies Lisbon is absolutely loaded with speakeasies all these little funky places that are just little mystery doors when I say every every evening and every night we found a different one and some of them like I, I must try and figure out and we might stick it up somewhere on Twitter I must try and figure out the, the, the site or where, where Heather got the names of them but there was one in particular where the guys had picked all these little sort of helmets from the war and little toys and the walls it was a a freakiest looking place, man. But the most amazing drinks and the most amazing bars. The food in Lisbon is unbelievable. You know, there's probably Jose Alvarez is probably the most prominent chef there. You can go very high end. His two star restaurant, Bel Canto will blow your socks off. He's got another place now, it's a new location to the first one I was in. A place called Mini Bar. And Mini Bar is now at a hotel. I'm not sure of the address, you can look it up. Uh, it's a very famous place, but he's got three restaurants. Restaurants almost under the same same roof, but mini bar is a must wherever you end up eating. Eat here, there, and everywhere, but make sure that one of your one of your stops is, is mini bar. I mean the the market. What's it called? The timeout market. Mm. I mean, if Dublin had a timeout market, I mean, I, I think there's maybe something earmarked for maybe Ivy Gardens or there. People, you, you see food Twitter. They all have
2: them, but um, uh, Lisbon has one, Barcelona has one, Madrid has one, um, well, and. I
1: the one the one that is in
2: man, yeah, it's cool. is just
1: amazing. It's so beautiful. You could spend hours there, don't make any plans, go in there after lunch, just stroll go about hungry. go hungry, go thirsty. You can go eat mad. you can eat <laughs> and drink from any any corner of the world, sitting at one table. One friend can go one way, you can go the other way. Everybody comes back with a wee taste of the world from somewhere. It is simply a cracking city um,
2: that will give you food from all all ends of the world. I'm going to tell you my favourite travel tip for when I go to a city. So we, we've some friends as well that we try and do a city break with every year. And we've been to Lisbon, I've been to Madrid, I've been to Barcelona. I've done all of the Paris, all of those cities, but... Years ago we, a few good few years ago we were on holidays with friends of ours, and we were in uh, Salu and the food wasn't good all it was all everything came with beans and chips and it was really geared towards that type of yeah. traveler and we, I was like i can't eat that type of food again so I'd read in a lonely planet this advice a few years ago, and I always tell people about it when they go through a city try and find the church that's on and wait until mass is finished and follow the people when they come. Mass. Wow. So this is exactly what we doing. We we stood up in this square, <laughs> and it was a, outside the church. There was a square, and uh, Zach and George May were young at the time. I think Zach was about uh, he was about seven or eight. So George May was four or five. So the kids were playing football. The church, uh, six o'clock on a Saturday evening or wherever, the mass was on. Mass finished and true enough, everybody rolled out and they start walking these back streets and we followed them and we found the best tapas bar. No one spoke uh, any English in them. They are all Spanish. We just sat there. We drank what everybody else was drinking. We ate the tapas. So now every time I land in a city, I check what time mass is <laughs> over on the Friday to Saturday night and I follow all the mass. I don't always get to massive, what, <laughs> what a weirdo! I'm telling you, you—I'm looking across at you. Yeah. And you're like, I'm gonna do that the next time. <laughs> I, am, I am. I'm slacking. him here. That's brilliant. The look, and especially, especially in in our in European cities, because you know. Church is still massive in these cities. And mm. then, as soon as church is finished, they all go with their families to the family style restaurants, and you will eat the best tapas or the best pasta if you're in Italy or wherever you are. Well, I'm a big fan of Lonely Planet anyway, and they, yeah, yeah, they, amazing. Don't, they don't waste their words. Well, there you go. You can yeah. have that one on me. That's so. magic.
1: I've never yeah. heard anything like that. But but it makes so much sense. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Top drawer. Deadly. Well, that's it for the questions this week. So, for future episodes, dishing at go loudnow.com. We love getting the questions get them into us and hopefully we can uh, always have an answer for you.
2: Yeah, and always happy to take any questions on our Instagrams or uh, Twitter pages as well and we can share them and get them in. So yeah, the questions really add to the, the podcast. Yeah,
1: so and that's at in. Gar Mullins and at Gazza Chef.
2: So that's the it for this week's podcast and what a cracking episode it was. Greg, and you know it was this gas oh uh, I asked Greg to do this episode and he said to me, oh, I'm not really a foodie and I'm, you know, I'm he was nervous about coming in. I think because I yeah. think he thought we were going to put him through the 50 recipe challenge but what was really surprising to me is when he told a story about um, his family that ran the Chinese restaurant okay. down and like you would have never known that and then the- there's more food culture in that man's house than, than any of us exactly and then once you got him going like you could see him really lighting up and he uh, started speaking about and did I just uh, sign up for the marathon again yeah exactly <laughs> so a brilliant podcast and please remember to uh, like and follow wherever you're listening to your podcast because it really helps us and um, yeah so looking forward to next week's podcast already and that's Dishing It Out and always massive thank you to Cully and Sully for their
0: continued sponsorship Dishing It Out with Gary O'Hanlon and Gareth Mullins a Go Loud original podcast proudly sponsored by Cully and Sully deliciously fresh tastes like homemade ingredients you find in your kitchen Go Loud sounds better with us